Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, a super edge lordy protagonist, a secret organization of female willing soldiers who are willing to do whatever it takes to serve their master, a frustrating Chuboyo plot element, Isekai antics, and new manga news. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 492, The Eminence in Shadow. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Manga Review, some podcasts and bang reviews about connectly enhanced narratives. I'm your host, Zen, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? Hope all of you are doing well out there in Internetland. Hope you're excited for another fun-filled episode of this awesome podcast, which you can find at www.sparkin.com. And with that in mind, let's get to the manga review of the episode, because if you remember from that last episode, I spun that one, that only, the Wheel of Manga, and it dictated unto me that I'd be reviewing a manga that was written by Daisuke Aizawa and illustrated by Ani Sakano. Now, this is published by Katakawa Shoten, and it is an adaptation of a light novel series written by Daisuke Aizawa. This is released over in the United States by Yen Press. It was released in Come Ace Magazine. It is a shonen series that is a dark fantasy isekai. Uh, originally came out in 2018 and is still being released. There are eight volumes, and the title of this manga is Kage no Jichiroyo Kusha ni Narita Kute, or The Eminence in Shadow. So... To explain Eminence in Shadow, it's pretty simple. This is a Isekai where the main character does not want to be the hero, no. His whole goal in life is to become the evil shadow manipulator who's in control of everybody, who no one realizes is the actual puppet master in all the events. As you can guess, our main character, Sid Kagano, is someone who is reincarnated in another world by being hit by a truck. But before he got hit by Truck Coon, he dedicated his previous life to becoming stronger than a nuclear bomb. How did he do this? By training, by becoming insanely smart, while having the perception that he was super weak. In the manga, you actually see that he is super buff, and he wears glasses, so it's like, no one will know that I am the super strong man, but he looks super huge and crazy. Uh, however... He's trying to hide this. Things aren't working out for him. So he says, you know what? I'm going to Isekai myself and I'll find a better world. So he ends up Isekai into this world where he is the son of a noble person. He's the second child and he acts like he's been doing. He acts very childish and weak in public, but in private, he has machinations and plans and plots to get as far ahead as he can. All in a way to be kind of just really edge lordy. At one point, he ends up killing a bunch of bandits, and finds a weird creature, ends up fixing the creature. The creature turns out to be a cursed person, and since this is the first person he's ever saved and introduced, he comes with this very convoluted story that she has been cursed by this weird organization known as the Cult of Diablos, and it's his job, the mysterious Shadow, to protect the world and fight them in his secret organization known as Shadow Garden. I know, super chunibio, but it's more insane than that because he in his head he's like okay i'm being crazy and this is entirely nuts but you know what this is gonna be cool she's gonna like this and we're gonna play along like he's thinking this is a game meanwhile she's like this is real i really am a member of shadow garden and she ends up getting more people involved and he keeps thinking every time she brings up something like oh we've found out that there's more information about the cult of Diablos. He's like, oh, there's some, oh, they're playing along and they're making this more interesting, I guess. They're making it into a spy novel. It's like, no, actually, this shit is actually happening. Every time he does something super awesome and weird, like, oh, this person's been kidnapped. 
we can't find where they are. And he throws a knife randomly at the map. Says it's their hidden bases there. And they're like, yes, that's definitely where it is. And it turns out the hidden base is actually there. It's like everything is coming true that he wishes, but he doesn't realize it's actually happening. And this is kind of frustrating because he's acting for the most part like a mob character in public and then private. He is being really awesome and cool, but he's basing all his actions on what he believes would make him look the most amazing and awesome, not considering the fact that there are actual consequences to his actions, like the fact that he betrays Shadow Guarded in order to make money because he's being greedy, even though this backfires when they find his money and realize that he had been planning this entire thing and maybe he's going to refinance and they're going to be in public and he gets more followers. So it kind of blasts in his face, but it's, it's, it's okay. Uh, other characters we have in this, we have his older sister from his new family, Claire, who is this amazing spell sword, which is the rank that she is, uh, amazing warrior, who thinks of herself as super strong, and she's trying to push her brother to be the best he can be, because she knows that he's faking it a little bit, but she thinks, I'm going to push you and drive you to be amazing, because no one is going to hurt you, because it kind of hints that she likes him a bit, so yeah, it's a thing. Then you have, of course, his number one, who is Alpha. Then his second-in-command, Beta. Each one of them slightly different. Like, Alpha is the main person who recruits the other six main members of Shadow Garden. Like, there's Beta, Gamma, uh, Delta, Epsilon, Zero, Zeta, etc. And each one's slightly different. Like, you have Alpha, who is the first girl, who's a beautiful elven girl that he rescued. And she is super devoted to him and loves him completely. Then you have Beta... Beta is a person who start, is a writer and a chronicler, and because he used to take care of her after he cured her and told her stories, she's taken those stories and written them. So she's stealing his ideas to make money. Like, oh, I wrote this story called uh, Romeo and Juliet. No one's ever heard of it before. It's because Sid told her, and she's using that money. Then you have Gamma. Gamma is just very smart. She's the brains of the operation. She's the one who sets up the corporation as the front for the Shadow Garden that he doesn't realize is actually his company. Because it's like, oh, you guys set up an organization. This is cool. Can I have the cheapest stuff for free for a discount? He's like, no, 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 no. You get this for free. He doesn't get that he has created a super organization that is super rich and all the money belongs to him. He doesn't realize this, which is really frustrating. The joke started out really good, but it got slow really fast. You have Delta, who is kind of a beast girl who's crazy. <coughs> she only listens to Alpha and Sid. Everyone else, she doesn't listen to at all, and she's just, well, she's a moron. You have Epsilon, the girl who uh, uses their uh, special weapon, which is called Slime Suits. They've taken slimes and turned them into weapons that are malleable. So their armor, Slime Suit, it changes their shape, and Epsilon has the most manipulation skills with this. And she uses the slime suit to make herself look really, really beautiful and tall. Because she's a short, flat chest girl. And with the slime suit, she's now tall and busty. And her whole persona in the regular world is she's a world-famous pianist who popularized a certain song that was written by a person in our world and was taught to her by, you guessed it, Sid. So yeah, it gets more crazy. At the end, they stopped using names and they're just numbers. They're up to where I ended up reading. They're 697. So it's like he has a whole army that he could take over the country and he does not realize that. In the real world, he's harassed by uh, three people who like him. Uh, obviously, it's setting up a harem situation. You have Alexia Midgard and Iris Midgard, the two sisters who one is a... Um, 
was supposed to be the queen, and then because of reasons, stuff happened. And Alexia is this princess who's in Sid's class, who he tried to make himself look really mobbish by saying, I'm the nerdy guy who's going to talk to the hot girl, and I'll make myself look like an asshole. In that way, no one is going to think I'm a threat. It backfires. She ends up hitting on him because she doesn't like her fiance. Whole thing happens. And now she treats him like a puppy. And she knows, she likes him, but she also treats him kind of abusively. And then the other one is Rose Oriana, who is the princess of a neighboring kingdom. And she likes him for other reasons. So, yeah, this is a pretty much a harem series. Uh, it's set in a school, and it's typical, guy has major powers, and things will be amazing for him, yay! But then, he's not capitalizing on the situation, and it's a bit frustrating. This is very similar to Stuck in a Toma game, uh, where the main character is powerful, and he wants to be a mob, and that's it. And he's just trying to do it because he's trying to stay out of everything he doesn't want to deal with it the difference is that unlike main character from stuck in a tome game in this one he wants to be the main character but he wants to be the one who manipulates everything to make people stronger and for that reason it's more aggravating i think because in the main character for stuck in a tome game he doesn't want to be involved he's i don't want to deal with this and he's being thrust in the situation and he's rising up because he thinks he's not the main character and he doesn't want to be. In The Eminence of Shadow, Sid is trying to be the smartest person in the room, not because he's being humble about it, but because he wants to live this Chinibio fantasy that he is the, sh the puppet master of everything. And he makes these decisions which are kind of aggravating and disturbing. And it's a little frustrating and kind of aggravating for that purpose. Now... Onto the art style. Art style isn't bad. I like the rendition and examples they use for the powers for his weaponry. It is very cringy. It is very, I'm the guy wearing the black costume and the black outfit. And my sword is made of slime, so it's almost a whip tentacle, which is kind of cool. It's, art is okay. And Yen Press did a decent job with this manga. The cover is a little disjointed, I think, because it just shows... Sid, Alpha Beta, and uh, Alexis on the cover, and it looks a little cramped. I would have liked a different art design for it. It just looks a little too busy, in my opinion. Uh, also, this is not a glossy cover. It's a matte cover, which actually makes it a little different because I'm used to the glossy, smooth covers, and this has a little bit of texture to it, so the design quality for this manga is very different. And... But that doesn't really lend to the story itself. The story overall is what is going on in the manga itself. And now there is a actual anime that's out now for the current season. And from the first episode, we saw that this is completely different than the anime. The anime does something totally different. It actually opens up with the main character not being the main character. It's from the point of view of one of his classmates in our world observing Sid and seeing how different he is, how he's this guy who pretends not to know her name and he eventually we see him trying to save her when she's kidnapped and almost raped and you see him standing there saying, what's the best way I should enter? Well, this guy's about to rape her. It takes him five minutes and then he brutally kills everybody but it's like just him to look cool. So that's kind of a detriment to the series but I don't hate it. And so for that those reasons, all the reasons I've mentioned, I have to give Eminence of Shadow a gift from your crazy Aunt Muriel. It's okay, 
But in the end, there are better Isekai than this. It's pretty forgettable, I think. I think that the concept is kind of cool, but it gets lost in the shuffle. And like with so many other Isekais, there's so many different ones that feel better and they're more intriguing and interesting and do something different with the medium. This one does kind of the opposite of what I didn't like about um, Reborn as a Space Mercenary. Reborn as a Space Mercenary, I hated because the main character got everything right. That He had everything. He had no, no struggle. This one, the struggles the reverse is he is trying to just, you know, I'm cool and I'm this, and it's just, I'm not making much sense, I know. But this is kind of a frustrating manga for me. Now, if you've read Eminence and Shadow, what are your thoughts? Let me know. Email me, zanspirekin.com, or tweet me at Spirekin. If you th- agree with me that Eminence and Shadow is a okay manga, but not great, or if you think I'm wrong and I missed something, let me know. And so, with that in mind, let's actually get to the next part, which is the manga releases for the week, and these are for October 4th, 2022. We have 30 new mangas which came out this week, and I'm excited for a lot of them. First off, we have Seventh Time Loop, The Villainous Enjoys a Carefree Life Married to Her Worst Enemy, Light Novel Volume 2, A Galaxy Next Door Volume 3, Attack on Titan Omnibus 7, which is Volumes 19 to 21, Be Very Afraid of Kaneko Inuki, the manga, Boruto, Naruto Dex Generation Volume 15, Call to Adventure, Defeating Dungeons with a Skill Board, Volume 5, Chronicles of an Aristocrat Reborn in Another World, Volume 6, Creepy Cat, Volume 4, Dissolving Classroom Collections Edition, which is the full Dissolving Classroom from Jinji Ito, Dr. Stone, Volume 23, Grand Blue Dreaming, Volume 17, Gun Burned X Sisters Volume 3, Irina the Vampire Cosmonaut Light Novel Volume 2, finally being released, Killing Stalking Deluxe Edition Volume 2, Magical Artisan Dahlia Wilts No More Volume 3, Moriarty the Patriot Volume 9, My Hero Academia Volume 32, My Love Mix-Up Volume 5, Outbride Beauty and the Beast Volume 2, Reincarnated as a Sword, Another Wish, Bonga Volume 3, Rent-A-Girlfriend, Volume 14, Romantic Killer, Volume 1, we talked about that last week, uh, Shaman King Omnibus 11, which is Volumes 31 to 33, Snow White with the Red Hair, Volume 21, The Dangers in My Heart, Volume 5, The Hidden Dungeon Only I Can Enter, Volume 7, The Most Heretical Last Boss Queen from Villainous Savior, Light Novel, Volume 3, The Seven Deadly Sins, Omnibus 6, which is Volume 16 to 18, Thunderbolt Fantasy Omnibus 1, which is Volumes 1 and 2. Time Stop Hero Volume 6. And then last and certainly not least, Yona of the Dawn Volume 37. So which of these are you most excited for? For me, I'm excited for Creepy Cat, Dissolving Classrooms, Dr. Stone, Grand Blue Dreaming, My Hero Academia, My Love Mix-Up, and obviously uh, Snow White with the Red Hair and Galaxy Next Door. Which are the ones that you're excited about? Let me know. In the show notes or email me, zanspirekin.com. And before we go any further, I'd like to thank you all for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. Every message I get, every comment just gives me more motivation to keep doing this podcast that I've been doing for so long. And since we are at 492, we are eight away from episode 500. So what would you like to hear me talk about or do for episode 500? Email me, zanspirekin.com, or tweet me at Spirekin. Also remember, if you haven't, if you're, joining us for the first time remember we're besides spirekin.com we're also on youtube.com forward slash spirekin uh twitter facebook instagram spotify stitcher and various other social media sites and if you enjoy what you hear support our patreon to help us create more fun content for you to enjoy all this information is in the show notes and with that in mind let's get to that part you've all been waiting for and what are we talking about we're talking about that one that only the, the wheel, wheel.
Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga, except no substitution. What is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on it. And what I've done is I've assigned a manga title to each of the 10 slots. We're going to spin this Wheel of Manga. Whatever number it lands on, that's the manga we're going to review in the next episode of the Spyrokin Manga View, episode 483. That is seven away from episode 500. And I've got to admit, I'm excited to see what we're going to review in the next episode. Because we've got some great titles on here, some which are very different, and some which people have been asking for for a while. So let's spin and see what we're going to review, shall we? Number seven. So in the next episode, I'm going to be reviewing a one-shot manga that's written by the creators of Beastars. Yes, we're talking about Paru Itagaki. And the manga we're talking about is Drip Drip. I don't know anything about this manga, except the cover is a girl with a nosebleed and she looks naked. So I have no idea what this manga is about, but we're going to have to wait and find out. So as usual, hope you enjoyed. I'm your host, Zan. I'm Gonsville. Catch you guys next time and keep reading manga. I'll see you later.